sometimes you hear something on this show that you don't agree with or you think is just plain wrong, and you let us know. You call, email, comment on our Facebook page, or send us a tweet. If we've made a mistake, we try to correct it. But what if you're the subject of a political cartoon and you disagree with it? What can you do? Redraw the cartoon? Well, not likely. One longtime editor thinks that sense of frustration is why political cartoons can sometimes provoke such anger. The world's Carol Hills has more. For decades, Victor Navasky was editor and publisher of The Nation. It's considered the flagship of the left, so you can imagine the kinds of debates that have raged in that newsroom. But Navasky says only one time during his years at The Nation did the staff actually revolt. They walked in his office and demanded that something not be published. And it wasn't an article. Navasky says it was a cartoon about Henry Kissinger by the celebrated caricaturist David Levine. Kissinger was on top, the world was on bottom in the form of a woman with a globe where her face would have been and Kissinger was, in the words of David Levine. You get the idea. Navasky heard all the arguments against it, that it was sexist, etc. But he published it anyway. That was in 1984. Then came the Muhammad cartoon controversy in 2005. A Danish newspaper published 12 cartoons depicting the prophet. Riots ensued in several Muslim countries. There were 200 reported deaths, attacks on Danish embassies, and boycotts. Navasky remembers one cartoon in response to the controversy. It was by French satirist Plantu. The Plantu cartoon showed an artist's hand and his pen, and he was writing over and over, I must not draw Muhammad, I must not draw Muhammad, he says it a hundred times. And by the time he's finished, his sentences have drawn Muhammad. Navasky began wondering what was it about cartoons and caricature that could incite people to violence? His new book, The Art of Controversy, Political Cartoons and Their Enduring Power, attempts to answer that. It shows, among other things, that political leaders have been raging about their depictions in cartoons since at least the time of Napoleon. He, by the way, was furious with English caricaturist James Gilray, saying, he did more than all the armies in Europe to bring me down. In the book, Navasky also introduces us to a selection of political cartoonists from the 18th century to the present who have incited the wrath of the powerful. Their fates varied. Some were left alone. Others were pressured, occasionally sued, some beaten, and a few murdered. David Lowe is a well-known caricaturist who made his career in Britain. Navasky says his cartoons about Hitler made the Nazi leader apoplectic. After the war, Lowe's name was found on Hitler's death list. Navasky believes it was how Lowe portrayed Hitler that made him so mad. In one, Lowe draws Hitler as a spoiled brat playing with blocks, each block representing a European country. And he once explained that the reason that he thought that Hitler and most dictators got upset, they want to be thought of as these kind of mad people who can wreck and destroy your lives, what they don't want to be thought of as an ass. Navasky says cartoons and caricature are by definition exaggerations that usually focus on physical features, and that gives them staying power. People remember them. Navasky points out that the only German condemned to death at Nuremberg who was not part of the Nazi high command was Julius Streicher, the publisher of the anti-Semitic newspaper Der Stürmer. The tabloid was best known for its grotesque anti-Semitic caricatures. The power of Der Sturmer came from those cartoons. The covers were displayed on the equivalent of newsstands throughout the city during those years and established the image of the Jew. And Der Sturmer was blamed for it without Nuremberg, particularly focusing 
and mentioning the cartoons in the indictment, but I believe, nevertheless, that's why he was condemned to death. Studying the history of political cartoons has humbled Navasky. He's been a free speech champion his entire life, and that includes cartoons. But now he realizes that some images can be too powerful. You can't control how they're interpreted. When he started this book, Navasky assumed he'd include those Danish Muhammad cartoons. But after talking to his publisher, he conceded it was a good idea to leave them out. He realized it wasn't worth putting people at risk. For The World, I'm Carol Hills. You can see Victor Navasky in a video with some iconic political cartoons from the past 400 years at theworld.org.